In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, a conversation with Justin Seitz. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, something new. So usually when I have guests on, I, I usually hit the record button and then... Uh, let that go for you know the the length of the episode um, sometimes a little bit longer usually I cut it off when we're done um, but I, I've had some amazing conversations with people uh, in the emphasis community that just either didn't get recorded or are recorded and I just don't end up using it because it's it's not necessarily relevant to the topic we're talking about I think I want to change that a little bit and it started with Justin Seitz who I had a really great conversation with him prior to us like just going and recording the episode um this new format that i've done where i just kind of hit record and then just try to get people warmed up and then go uh has, has, has i think been really good but i'm also starting to capture a lot more of those conversations and so um i think i'm just going to keep the record button going now and then i i will seek permission from these people because we have gotten into conversations before where it's like yeah we probably don't want this to get out. So that's just something where I will give guests a heads up. Um, but Justin, uh, after reviewing it said it was good to go, man. And, and, uh, so I think you really like this conversation. I know the episodes at the, at the conferences where we just kind of, you know, cut loose for an hour and a half. Um, a lot of people said that they like it because it, it, it kind of, you know, gives people a front seat to how infosec people talk and I think makes things a little bit easier and, and makes people seem a little bit more human, uh, especially with some of the big names in the field. And uh, I consider Justin Seitz a, a pretty established, uh, successful guy in the community. So sitting down to have a conversation with him um, about some of the different things going on in the community was, was just awesome. It was, it was a really great conversation. Um, in fact, we get into my unique role working in other departments. Then we, you know, talk about report writing and dealing with awful reports. So if, if you want to get in the red team, uh, 60%, 60 to 7% of your job is going to be report writing. And I have seen a lot of awful reports, but we, we kind of get into that. And then uh, let's talk about the similarities between the, uh, what Justin's seen between the developer boom and then what's going on right now with the security boom and, and some of that stuff. So would really appreciate some feedback on it. If you liked it, if you didn't, um, I, like I said, I'd like to do some more of these, uh, in shorter spurts. So this was like, a ended up being like a 20 minute conversation that, um, I just, uh, made an episode into. So feedback, welcome at timothy.dblock at gmail.com or on Twitter at timothydblock. Of course, you can always leave comments in the show notes, which are at timothydblock.com forward slash EIS and then forward slash the episode. This one will be 156. And of course, I've got my newsletter. I am actually, I have released this episode to my newsletter people ahead of time um, before uh, I released it you know, out publicly because I, one, I wanted to get feedback, but two, this is where I, I had an idea of, of something that I was like, this, this could be some like bonus that, that people get access to ahead of time. So if you, if you join the newsletter, that's, this is something that I will start releasing on a more regular basis on top of maybe doing some other stuff. So, uh, be sure to ch sign up for that. Those can be found at the bottom of the show notes on the website. So with that, let's get right into this conversation with Justin Seitz. That or my cat, you'll hear in a YouTube video. If you ever have seen my videos, you'll hear either my cat 
loves to come up as soon as she knows that I'm like recording something. She must be able to like tell that I brought the mic out or something, and then she just comes and screams at me. Yeah, um, I, I just so, think well, I just think cats are the devil. I mean, they're always doing that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it's it's totally true. It's totally true. So what do you uh, what do you do for work, Tim? So I work at a place called Premise Health. Uh, I am a senior software security engineer, um, which pretty much means I sit with developers and uh, I provide them a security resource for some of the things that they develop or do. And um, essentially it's like a liaison role back to the security team. So I will take um, security concerns to them, but I will also take uh, concerns from a development perspective uh, to the security team. Oh, okay. Very so, cool. Yeah, it's a very unique role. I haven't heard of anybody or a lot of other people doing it, but I, I really like it. Um, I think more people within security should have roles within other departments to one kind of give a human element to security. Um, and then also yep. it, it, it allows you to better understand what the developers need as far as, you know, we, we've had to make uh, concessions on security things because it, you know, made the business operate better or is more efficient that way. Um, you know, that's not right. to say that we, we had like a serious, you know, if we had a serious vulnerability, it was they would, um, they, they would, you know, drop what they're doing and address it. And I think a lot of that too was just building the relationship with the developers to uh, accomplish that. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really cool. That does sound like a pretty, pretty unique role. I totally agree. I think if more people, uh, yeah, I think if security teams had more time on the other side of the fence, sometimes it would be far better for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Do you come from a development background or a security background? Uh, security. So I came up through the operation side. I just, I had the experience that I had worked with the developers before building out an AppSec program, and that's mainly why I got hired. Um, so I don't, I, and they knew that coming in. So they gave me opportunity to learn development, but I found that I was more or less, if there was an issue, I'd bring it to them and they didn't want me touching their code anyways. I was more than happy to um, stumble my way through that, but they seemed to be, it's like, Hey, there's this issue. Okay. We'll go fix it. You know, just, just put in a, a ticket and we'll, we'll handle it. And you know, this sprint based on severity. Okay. So okay, cool. it, it, yeah, I ended up uh, not needing a whole lot, but I, you know, I, I have basic understandings of how they operate. I, I've, you know, gotten better at being able to read the code. And I think a lot of that too helped with going to the developers and, and willing, you know, so I was pretty firm with them. I was like, I don't have a development background. So it's, it's like, I might come to you with questions on stuff and, sure. you know, people love talking about what they do. They love talking about their own code. So, um, that was maybe one of my ways into actually, getting a better understanding of what they're doing, but also like kind of be a little bit of rapport with them that I wasn't just there to say no. And I wasn't there to, you know, pretty much, uh, put a bunch of roadblocks in the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I like, I always preach to like younger pen testers or people coming up. Like the biggest thing is like, don't worry about your technical chops because you're interested in that. Mm -hmm. Like work on your interpersonal skills because, <laughs> Like the biggest thing is you will run into situations where no matter how hard you try, it's going to be adversarial and ultimately you got to put security first. So if that means that you have to take a few lumps from a development team who's pissy because, you know, you found a bunch of stuff, then so be it. Um, but that also means like you got to empathize with them right. and put yourself in their shoes and, you know, think about how much fun it would be to spend every day of your life 
working on a product or or working in a support role and and then all that happens when you come around is that all of the things that they've that they've done right are ignored largely and all of the things they're done wrong you you put them up on a projector and and mm-hmm. for everybody to see right? right so you have to think about what that feels like it doesn't nobody <laughs> enjoys that yeah you know and i think that that's you know too often i know in my years doing pen tests was a lot of it was just like uh, the technical chops really to a degree they mattered but it was all that interpersonal communication skills that work where that's your your best time with your customer or your client because that's you know and it's the same thing like just being able to translate technical findings into something that someone can actually consume and and make an action item out of mm-hmm. as opposed to like hey i popped a shell on your web app you suck yeah um and that's just the worst and you see it lots but it is just the absolute worst for everybody. Yeah. Never, never mind the fact that they had actually had input validation, you know, on all their fields or, you know, something else that they were doing good. Um, so totally that, and that's one of my advantages is, uh, we do secure code training and I do like quarterly in person. So we have, you know, a paid product, but I like to do in core in person so that I can craft like an hour's worth of training towards what they're, you know, is relevant to them. And so one of my first slides is actually security wins. So I highlight what they've done in like the last three months that is good from a security perspective. And then I'm lucky enough to work at an organization where they're like, here's some swag that you can hand out. So we, we hand out, you know, swag to, to the developers whenever they're doing good stuff. So, and I, I think to your point, that just kind of reinforces that I'm not always there to give them, Hey, your shit sucks. It's, yeah. It's more, Hey, you're doing a good job. Keep up this. And I often find like the two weeks after training, I'm getting more, you know, things reported to me or, um, you know, kind of it, it just reinforcing some of the things that they are doing. Right. I, I see a, a, a big uptick in that two weeks afterwards. So, yeah, no, that, and that totally makes sense. Right. Cause it's, it is very much like, you know, Hey, we're all on the same team here and you guys are doing some great stuff. Here's some things we can improve. It, you can take the exact same raw data and spin that in a totally different light, which is like, here's all the things you did wrong, you know? And that's the whole point of it is like, yeah, like, you know, your teams are always doing a lot of things right. Make sure you call those things out. Yeah. I don't know. It's such a tough thing. There's so much focus on technical skill and technical skill is actually easy to train into people. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I and I'm sure you've seen it too, but I mean, I've taken like completely someone who doesn't even know how to open a debugger or what a debugger does and in five days got them writing exploits and and getting them to understand assembly and all this other stuff um but the like the interpersonal stuff i mean that stuff is like it's glacial pace to try to get it like to teach people that stuff and and it really like it's like it requires like a higher level of commitment than technical skill because if you're interested in the hacking stuff or you're interested in code review or whatever it is i mean you're naturally just gonna enjoy doing it you're gonna enjoy learning and doing ctfs and whatever it is but the soft skills they're not really things that people pay a whole lot of attention to and so it's like you know i don't know it's like going to the gym and you hate doing squats even though it's the best overall body exercise you could do mm-hmm. um it's just one of those things that it's like yeah until you convince someone no seriously try doing squats for six months and then you'll see every other lift increase 
uh, it's much the same thing with security people. It's like, no, seriously, try like really try hard to show empathy and and work on your communication skills and all of those things. And after six months, you're going to see an improvement in your relationship with your client, whether that's internal or external. Right. right. And you will. Typically, in my view, you're going to actually see the bar get raised on security because they feel like, hey, this is a team effort. We all got to work together to to bring this kind of bring this to a better place than where it is today. So anyway, it's yeah, it's it's always an interesting thing. I think that I think our industry is so heavily focused on what's the latest, greatest, coolest, most technical, crazy thing you've done. (laughs) And not like, hey, that was an amazing report, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, that, gosh, uh, yeah, I, I have like I have stories and gripes about some of the reports I've seen, um, just from totally. from both like vendors you've heard of, and then you know pen test companies you've you've heard of, and it's just like really, it's like, yeah, you you put the previous client's IP address in there, that's not ours. <laughs> like, no, I, like that's <laughs> but stuff like exactly right, and stuff like that is just like or even. You know, like the previous client's name is in the footer of every page. You know, it's like, oh, man, that is such an easily solved problem, but it's right. such a big screw up. Immunity, one of the cool things was that like reports actually went through internal peer review, which was the best thing that we could have ever had. Uh, and they got graded. So if you if you weren't nailing an A on your reports, meaning uh, the technical stuff was explained well, um, you you really you know, like you nailed down every part of the report, then we would actually work as a team to say, hey, like, here are some deficiencies in your reporting. Here's how it, going forward you can improve this. Here's an example report that's similar to the assessment you just finished that you can read and get a feel for what an A or an A plus looks like. And it was such a valuable thing, especially for those who were incredibly technical. The immunity team is full of very brilliant uh, people that had not were not used to writing client-facing reports, right? And reports that have to be consumed both by you know a, a PM level to a C level, mm-hmm. but also once they get past the executive summary, where a developer can pick it up and go, oh, okay, I know exactly where that problem is and how to fix it, right? Right. So, but yeah, and that was the thing is like peer review would also catch those little small things like, hey, you got the wrong client name on here or the wrong date <laughs> or – but I mean that's the thing. Like it's those right. small tiny little things like you might have a client, like I said, internally or externally who will tolerate that to a degree. But it is kind of like a death by a thousand cuts, right? Like it's like a date missed here, a misspelling there. I mean eventually that those little cuts start to kind of wear into your – you know, how, like you're almost like your reputation or like um, how people view your work, right? Like the, it lowers, you could have done a great job, but it, it really starts to lower the, the overall quality of your deliverable. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, and I've seen some real ugly um, pen test reports before where I'm like, you paid $50,000 for this? Yeah. Like, yep. This is a, this is a Qualys scan, <laughs> you yeah, know, like this is, Nessus, this is yep. an eight page PDF <laughs> that has like no actionable information in it. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. So. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, I've seen reports where it's like, we did peer review this. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
They had the junior and write it, and the senior. If if your name's on here, you're either really incompetent or you didn't peer review it. Which one do you want it to be? It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, or or you guys are all completely fucked, and you need to fire the whole team. Right. <laughs> you know, like if you did peer review this, then I'm really concerned about your peers. <laughs> right. You know, and I've ha- I, we have the advantage of we have an internal red team, and then me also working with the developers, so I get in there and do my you know my own, own uh, assessment on things. So. You know, I could, we kind of put the pen test team at a disadvantage or the, you know, the outside pen test teams at, at a disadvantage, but we're like, you know, if you do a good job, uh, we're going to hire you back for a second year. Right. And and we let them know we have already like pen tested the crap out of it. And it, it's, so it's like, you can actually, you don't have to necessarily find anything, but you know, you can do maybe a little bit more advanced. So, you know, I always feel like people don't want to do the same, you know, they always complain about finding cross-site scripting or SQL injection. It's like, we've already got all that covered. We've got all the low hanging fruit. You can just try some new advanced techniques, you know, send some research after it, you know, maybe it's something you can make a talk about later, you know, whatever. And I've even thrown people stuff before. I'm like, here's an outdated thing that we have within the application. Can you go exploit it? And I, 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 I didn't see, I don't see that in the report. And then on top of that it's like well there was a finding in this spot here that all you had to do is like right click and view page source it was like and why is that not in the report so it's like yeah it's it's very it's it can be very frustrating i have i have ranted and raved at conferences you know between beers with people the beer nda uh, about certain <laughs> companies because um yeah because it's just it's just like what and it's just to me, it, it, it put me on the other side of the security industry where they complain about, you know, people not listening to them. And it's like, well, because you have vendors doing this kind of crap or Pentest yep. companies doing giving this kind of reports where it's just it's not useful or helpful. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, and nothing, I don't know, to, to me, nothing. Well, I'll give you an example. I And I do. I do very, very. I have one client at all anymore that I do security work for. That's it. Uh, cause I've, I've turned away everything else. Um, and so this particular client, they are a very, very good development team. So when they, um, they work on a very large complex product and when they made their, their, their kind of their stack decisions, they had security in mind from day one. They were like, we want to use a stack that's got a bunch of built-in security, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to write this stuff from scratch. We want stuff that's tried, tested, and true. And so when they uh, pushed this big product out, the first penetration test I did on it, I had findings. They, they It was nothing um, like really world-ending. There was some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But I was like, hey, listen, like – this stuff was not easy to find and I'm not like the, the, the Jesus of pen testing. It's just, this was not like, this is not stuff you're just going to run, you know, acunetics against or whatever. Right. Um, every pen test after that got increasingly difficult because of course they're closing off those holes. And then the way their team works, not only are they closing the holes, but then they're, they're examining those holes fundamentally as a team and saying, where else in the code could we possibly have made the same mistake, right? So let's let's take a look at this from another angle. So every pen test got increasingly difficult. The last two that I've done for them, the reports are like, <laughs> they're an executive summary. That's it. There's no findings. There's oh, really? nothing. Oh. 
And it's and the the crappy thing for me is like they love this and I'm really worried at this point, right? <laughs> right. Because because I'm, I'm like, guys, I like I'm concerned and I totally like I would not be offended whatsoever uh, since I don't like you're my only client I do this work for anymore. I wouldn't be offended if you hired somebody else to get a fresh <laughs> set of eyes on this because. Right. Like legitimately, I've taken two separate runs at this thing in a span of six months and found nothing. And uh, they're like, no, like we don't think there is anything to find. And I'm like, well, there's always something, right? Right, right. Um, But the trick is, is that like the reports that they get are still like, it's not about findings, it's about methodology, right? So it's like, as long as you're doing all the things you're doing and you're kind of doing the weird wacky stuff, like trying to find race conditions and whatever else, mm-hmm. like we're comfortable with that because we've seen the progression from fairly secure to really well done and really locked down. Right. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, to have to produce those reports cause it's the worst thing ever for for a pen tester i have to build reports like that but at the same time like what they're taking away from it is they're looking at the techniques that i'm using and the techniques are getting kind of more creative and more like weird that they're actually looking at those techniques and thinking about like okay well his attacks weren't successful but look at what he's trying like could we ever see some of these attacks succeeding somewhere he's just not finding it or is it you know, is it uh, like are these attacks not actually relevant? So it's actually still creating that internal discussion for them to keep them thinking about like what can possibly be done here. Right. Um, but you're right. Like I think that like sometimes, sometimes a finding is like a it's a view source or it's a, a right. low hanging fruit or sometimes it's like hey, you know, your nginx is out of date by two versions. Right. You know what? If that's all that goes in your report, it's still a finding. Right. Like it's still – you never know when that's actually going to become the difference between, well, I'm not going to include that in a report and an incident, right? right. So, you know, like that was always a thing. Like I never wanted fluff reports because I think those are equally as destructive. But right. at the same time, it's like, man, you have to at least include anything you found because – you can't make assumptions about what the other side of the the fence is actually doing or seeing, and you never know how even some small, you know, information disclosure can can actually result in something much more significant. Or what you think is not really that important as an information disclosure is actually really devastating because the development team and the security team in house can look at that like one UID or something that's leaking and go, holy crap, that should never be exposed publicly ever, right? So anyway, I think it's just interesting to to see a lot of this stuff. And you're right, there's a lot of shit companies out there. And and I often tell people like the day, the, the renaissance period for security is over and now we're getting into what web development was in the early 2000s, right? Which is, it used to be a high demand, high pay, uh, high skilled job. The market uh, got flooded with web developers and programmers in general. And then you saw web developers going from making $200 an hour down to $5 an hour. And this is like, you didn't see a quality increase, right? What you saw was like this spectrum now where there's an actual bell curve that's distributed that shows you like the bulk of people are low skilled, 
and they're they're making nearly as much money as the high skilled people and the low skilled people, right? And that's just the way you know these markets work. And for security, it's that's, I mean, man, uh, and you know it too. Like everybody offers pen tests and security assessments these right. days. Everybody, yep. every like. You know, you're, I can see, I've seen local IT companies that are like, we do security assessments and penetration tests. I'm like, no, you don't. You configure printers. Like, this is insanity. <laughs> That's crazy. How can you, like, who, how is this possible? Right. Right. right.